what's happening? Everyone's really, really good, right? I know, I know, I could tell, I could tell. That's good. That's very, very good. Today we're studying Daf Chav Gimel of Masechta Erevin. Daf 23. Uh, yeah, Daf 23 isn't really that hard. Lots of technical kind of things, but there's like a big Mishnah on Daf Chav Gimel. So Mishnahs tend to not be too difficult. And then, um, whatever. So... We're going to discuss the context for Pase Beiros, like is that just wells, is it uh, watering holes? We've essentially seen this machlokas before. Um, requirements for a karpaf, to be, able to, be, to be able to carry in a non-residential space. Can you carry in a non-residential space? Um, so that's going to be some machlokas. Dimensions of a karpaf, right? Should it be square? Should it be rectangular? Um, and then at the end, we get into this machlokas, which... It's conceptual, um, and then we kind of we're gonna have a shtickle cliffhanger until tomorrow because it wasn't really a, a very good place to stop. So shtickle cliffhanger, shtickle cliffhanger, and that has to do with um, chutzer that you plant seeds in. I Meaning you have a chutzer and it's larger than two beisa, which is fine because as long as it's residential, it could be larger than two beisa. But then you mess it up, you plant seeds there, and you make it into a karpath, and now you created a big mess. But doesn't have to be that messy as long as you can just break it down into non-messy, neat machlokas. Okay. Chavbez Amudbez, four lines from the bottom at the Mishnah. Echad bo harabim uve'er harabim. Okay. So whether this is a um, watering hole that is in the public and available to the public, or whether it is a well that is available to the public. Now, if you remember... The nafkamina between a bore and a be'er is that a um, watering hole, a bore, the water is collected, Dartin, and it can run out of water, whereas a be'er is natural water, and there's, the, the assumption is that there's always water over there. Okay? And additionally, a well, which uh, has natural water source, and uh, that belongs to uh, an individual. In all of those cases, you can um, create passe beiros around the well or the watering hole, right? So a well, whether it is public, whether it is, it is private, um, passe beiros works. And a watering hole, if it's public, you can create passe beiros. However, But if we're talking about a uh, watering hole that's private, in that case then um, you would have to put up proper 10 tefach walls around the uh, private watering hole if you want to be able to take out water from the bore into the area around it on Shabbos. Rabbi Bava Omer, in Osin Pasin Ela Levea Rabin Bilvad, Ulishar, Osin Chagura Gavoa Asar Tfachim. Says Rabbi Ben Bava, Look, Pasebiros only works for public wells. That's it. Not private wells, not public bores. Public wells, that is what Pasebiros works for. Everything else, you need a 10 tefach wall. He says, Chagura, um, which Rashi says, Hekif Shachavalim, surrounding of reeds. I don't think it specifically has to be reeds. I think if you make a wall, that would be just fine as well. But the important thing for Abidu Ben Bav is that he limits it to only public wells. Weiter, Chevre. 
Zok the Gemara. Amr of Yosef, Amr of Yudah, Amr Shmuel. Says of Yosef in the name of his Rebbe, Rav Yehuda, who says in the name of his Rebbe, Shmuel, that Allah is Kabbuda ben Bava. That Allah is like Kabbuda ben Bava. That what? That Pasiveros applies only to public wells. The Amr of Yosef, Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Lohuchu Pasiveros, El Vermaim Chaim Bavad. And says Rav Yosef in the name of Rav Yudah, in the name of Shmuel, that Pasiveros are an option only for a Be'er Ma'im Chaim, for a well. And the question is, how come you need both of these statements of Rav Yosef in the name of Rav Yudah and the name of Shmuel, right? Why does he need to tell us both that the Allah is like Rav Yudah ben Bava and that Pasiveros only applies to wells? I mean, if the Allah is like Rav Yudah ben Bava, Rav ben Bava said Pasiveros applies only to public wells. So, those are the criteria. It must be a well and it must be public. So why do I then need to say that the halacha is that Pasebeiros is only by wells? Obviously, the halacha is like Rebbe Bava. It's only by wells. Not only just by wells, but by public wells. So the Gemara says with Tzricha, because if Rav Yosef, Am Rav Yudah, Am Rav Shmuel would have said just that the halacha is like Rebbe Bava, well, I might think that what he really means is that the halacha is like Rabbi Yudah ben Bava vis-a-vis that we need this thing to be public. But as long as it's public, you can make pasibayros, even if it's a bore. Right? So Avamina, I would have thought, dirabim, that the important thing is that the halacha is like Rabbi Yudah ben Bava vis-a-vis that this water source needs to be publicly available. They can even be gathered, they can even be a bore. Well then how come it said Davka, a well that's public. La afukim Rabbi Akiva. That's just to the exclusion of Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva says that you can even have a well that is private. So Rabbi Yudah Bava is saying that no, it needs to be public, but maybe it can even be a bore. Kamash malon delohutu pasibiros ella levermaim chaim. That is why Rabbi Yosef, Amar Vuda, Amar Shmuel, then had to say that Pasebiros is only for wells. Don't think that it could be maybe for public um, bores, no way, no how, only for wells. And if we would only know that the halacha is that Pasebiros is relevant for wells, well then, I may have thought that maybe um, when it comes to a well, as long as it's a well, you can create Pasebiros, whether it's public, whether it's private. Kamash Mulan, Halacha Krabuda Ben Bava, which is why um, they also had to say that the Halacha is like Krabuda Ben Bava, that wells must be public, they can't be private. So, Zel, okay, very, very nice. The Halacha is like Krabuda Ben Bava, that Pasibiros are relevant for public wells, that is it, not private wells and not public bores. Very beautiful. Says a new Mishnah. Ve'od Amr Rabbi Yudah ben Bava, and additionally, Rabbi Yudah ben Bava said, Hagina ve'akarpaf, a garden, or a karpaf, which is a non-residential enclosed area, she'in shivim ama v'shiraim, al shivim ama v'shiraim, that are 70 and two-thirds amas, by 70 and two-thirds amas, which are just about 5,000 square amos, as we're going to see uh, uh, shortly, that... Um, there's a machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and the Chacham about, uh, you know, actually 70 and two-thirds, that 70 and two-thirds, technically speaking, is, I believe, 4,994 
amos, which is slightly less than 5,000 amos. So there's a question about that, that, right, those six amos in between, whatever it might be. But um, says Rabbi Yudah ben Bava that if you have a garden, but the assumption is basically that a space that is 70 and two-thirds amas by 70 and two-thirds amas is, you know, references a base sa'asayim, which is two sa'a, which is essentially 5,000 amos. Um, fine. Square, 5,000 square amos. Fine. So again, so, V'od Amr B'yudah ben Bava, says B'yudah ben Bava, Haginav Akaipaf, the um, garden, if you plant seeds in this area, V'akaipaf, or some non-residential enclosed space, but it's not for living. Shein, Shivim Amma V'shiraim, Al Shivim Amma V'shiraim, that there are 70 and two-thirds amas by 70 and two-thirds amas, i.e., basically a base sign. Hamukafuz Gader, Gavoa Asar, and is surrounded by a fence that is 10 Tfachim tall. Asar Tfachim. Metaltalin Bisocha, you are permitted to carry in this area. Uvil Vad, you hear this, Chavra? Shiyeba Shomera Obezdira Oshteismucha Lair. However, says Rabbi Yudaman Bava, a crucial requirement is that there has to be some kind of guard's hut in there, some kind of a hut in this enclosed area, or a house. Or that it's close to a city. Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava is saying that an enclosed area that is a maximum size of a base asayim, you can carry in there if it's for living in it. I.e., these karpafs that we've been talking about, these non-residential spaces, you would not be allowed to carry in it. It, you ha- it has to be a livable space, a, a space made for living in order to carry in it, um, according to Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava, and that is a maximum of a base sa'asayim. So according to Rabbi ben Bava, in order to carry in an enclosed area, it has to be a base sa'asayim or smaller and it must be for living in. Rabbi Yehuda Omer says Rabbi Yehuda, Afilu einba elabor v'shiach umma'ara mitatalim besocha. Rabbi Yehuda says, look, you do need something in there in order to be able to carry in there, but it doesn't have to be like a house or something residential. It can even be uh, a pit or a ditch or a cave. Epis. There has to be something in that enclosed area. And then if there's something in the enclosed area, then already you can carry in it as long as it is up to um, a base sign. But if there's nothing in that enclosed area, well, then you can't carry even if it's less than a, you know, a base sign or less. There must be something in there. Rabbi Akiva Omer Afilu Einba Achas Mikol Elu Metatlan Besocha Uva Vachi Yeheba Shiv Mama Vishiv Mama Vishiraim Al Shiv Mama Vishiraim. Whereas Rabbi Akiva gives us the opinion that we're sort of accustomed to at this point, which is that if you have a non-residential space, a karpaf, even if there's nothing in the space, you basically take a wall and you enclose some area as long as it is, as it is 5,000 square amos or less, a base asaim or less, um, you can carry in there, even if you, there's no ditch or no house or anything. You have an area that's enclosed by walls that is non-residential. It's not made for living in. As long as it is 70 and two-thirds amas by 70 and two-thirds amas or less, um, you can carry in this space. Fine. The Gemara is going to ask, what makes Rabbi Akiva's opinion different than the opinion that we of the Tanakama, i.e., the opinions that we've seen until now, which basically say the same thing, that a karpaf, which is a non-residential space, you can carry up to a base sign. What makes Rabbi Akiva different? Uh, as I said a minute ago, it's going to have to deal with that nafkamina between 4,994 versus 5,000. Fun. Let's go weiter, Chavre.
First, I have to find my place. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer says Rabbi Eliezer, Im haisa orka yasser arachba, if the length of the um, karpath, if the length of this space was longer than its width, i.e. it wasn't a perfect square, afilu ama'achas, even if its length is greater than its width by even one ama, you're not allowed to carry in this space anymore. Rabbi Yossi Omer says, Rabbi Yossi, afilu orka pishnayim berochba metatlin besocha. Rabbi Yossi says, look, you know, as long as it has a total of 5,000 square amos, it doesn't have to be an exact square. It can even be, you know, have its length double its width. You can even, you know, divide up this space 100 amos long by 50 amos wide. That would be acceptable, according to Rabbi Yossi. Now, Rabbi Eli quotes three things that he alleges in the name of, apparently, his Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer. Now, the, none of these things are accepted, as we're going to see, by anybody else. I'm Rabbi Eli, Shamati Rabbi, it says here Rabbi Elazar, but they change it to Rabbi Eliezer. Shamati, so, I'm Rabbi Eli, Shamati Rabbi Eliezer, Vafilu Kor. So now, Rabbi Eli says that he heard from Rabbi Eliezer that, I guess that this Karpov can even, basically has no limit, can even be a base core, but we're going to see that, 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 uh, nobody seems to accept this. Um, and says Rabbi Eli, I also heard from Rabbi Eliezer, what happens if you have a bunch of fellows and they own homes in a chatzer? Okay, so you have a chatzer. There's, let's say, five houses that open up into it. Okay, now everyone wants to be able to carry in that chatzer. So what they do is they're going to make an Erev so that, you know, the, the entire chatzer is jointly owned by this one conglomerate that consists of all the homeowners in the chatzer, essentially they're going to make an Eruvei chatzeris. That's what they're going to do. But what of course happens when you're trying to get a whole bunch of people together to do something? There's a nudnik. When they went to make their chatzer, this nudnik was out at the mikvah. And he didn't make a chatzer with them. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? You guys all wanted to make an Eruv so you can carry in the chatzer. This guy's at the mikvah. So what do you do? So here's what happens. So you make your Eilav, so you make your Eruv without the Nudnik. Okay. And then, so, So an interesting thing happens. So everybody else in the Chatzar makes their Eruv. The Nudnik is not included. Now, he is unable to carry and take advantage of the Eruv because he's not part of it. So he can't carry in and out of his house or anything like that. However, the other chevra in the chatzar who made this Erev, ah, and there's an important point which Rashi points out, which is that um, this nudnik, he's then mevatel his space to the rest of the people. Meaning he wasn't included in the Erev. But what he could say is, look, I'm being mevatel my space to, to, to the conglomerate. Now it's key, the conglomerate owns everything. But nonetheless, this nudnik is unable to carry in and out of the chatzar, but everybody else would be able to carry from the chatzar into his house. So let's say he's inviting everybody else over for lunch. They would be able to, for a potluck, they would be able to bring things to his house, no problem. But if the potluck was by somebody else's house, this guy wouldn't be able to bring anything, um, you know, by way of the chatzar. Okay, very interesting story with a chatzar and a nudnik. And says Rabbi Eli, 
in the name of Rabbi Eliezer. And similarly, I heard Mimenu from Rabbi Eliezer. Shiyotin ba'arkavlin ba'pesach, um, that you can use something called arkavlin for maror on Pesach. Okay? And then says Rabbi Eli that he, you know, searched among all of the students of Rabbi Eliezer to see if there's anybody, and if anybody, if he, if he's crazy or if anybody else also heard this from Rabbi Eliezer and apparently nobody else heard, the, heard these things from Rabbi Eliezer. Okay. Very interesting. Says the Gemara. My Tana Tikatani Ve'od. The Gemara wants to know, how come the Mishnah says Ve'od Amr Buddha Ben Bava? Why not just say Amr Buddha Ben Bava? Now, of course, the previous Mishnah, which we also learned today, had the opinion of Rabbi Yudha Ben Bava to say that Pasi Biros is only relevant when it is both a well and it is in the public area. Now, or owned by the public, Available to the public. And now we have another opinion of Rabbi, of Rabbi Yudha Ben Bava about the Karpov, saying that you have to have, it has to be a residential space in order to carry there. The Gemara wants to know how come it says the word Ve'od. And additionally, Rabbi Yudha Ben Bava says, why not just state the two opinions of Rabbi Yudha Ben Bava without the word Ve'od? Chevra, that's what we're trying to figure out. If it's going to be because, well, we just said one Chumrah of Rabbi Yudha Ben Bava, which is, that a, that a pasiberos is only an available option for public wells. And now he's saying another chumra, which is that a karpaf, you can only carry in there if it's residential. So because he's saying back-to-back chumras, so we say ve'od. There's chumra number one and ve'od, and additionally there's chumra number two. Okay. Mishumachi katani ve'od, that's why it says ve'od. Ve'har Rabbi Yehuda, but one second, what about Rabbi Yehuda? The Tanya, not Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava, Rabbi Yehuda, regular Rabbi Yehuda, Barilai. Vahar Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanya le chadil chumra, v'katani achrisay, v'lo katani ve'od. But Rabbi Yehuda mentioned two chumras, and we don't say ve'od. What are his two chumras? Chumra number one is in the first Mishnah in our parak, which is that Pasei Beiros has a maximum size of base sa'asayim, as opposed to the Chachamim who said it can be, you know, even a kor or a korayim, it can be much larger. So chumra number one from Rabbi Yehuda is that Pasei Beiros has a maximum size of a base sa'asayim. And Chumrah number two from Rabbi Yehuda is that we learned yesterday that if you have a Pasei Beiros, that Rosh Hashanah passes through it, you have to divert Rosh Hashanah. You can't have it pass through the Pasei Beiros. So we see that Rabbi Yehuda in our parak has two Chumras. Vilo katani ve'od. And yet it doesn't say ve'od when it says the second Chumrah of Rabbi Yehuda that if you have Rosh Hashanah going through a Pasei Beiros, you have to divert it. So the Gemara answers, yeah, but Hasam af sukua rabbanon, achalu af sukua rabbanon. Gemara says, yeah, but there's a difference that by Rabbi Yehuda there was a hefsek of the rabbanon, meaning Rabbi Yehuda said it's chumrah, which is at a base that a uh, pasiberos needs has a maximum size of base sasaim. The Chachamim then responded to him and says, what do you mean it has to be a base sasaim? Don't you admit to us that if you have, a, you know, a gina or a sahar or, or no, not a gina, but. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Sar and a, and a Muktze and a Chatzar, all these things. So, 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 don't you admit that that you would have a maximum of like a Kor or a Korayim, Kilo, much larger? So, because the, ra- the rabbis responded to Rabbi Yehuda and made Kilo a Hefsik in his statements, that is why when Rabbi Yehuda then after that says that if Rosh Hashanah in the next Mishnah goes through to Pasei Beiros, you have to divert Rosh Hashanah. We're not going to say Ve'od since there was a 
hefsek in between his two chumras. Okay. And the Gemara says what? But just because of a little half sake, we can't have our fun and say ve'od. But one second, Rabbi Eliezer in Masech the Sukkah, he said, he was talking about how many meals you have to have on, 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 on Sukkot, in your Sukkah, and the rabbis interrupted him, yet when he then picks up again, it says ve'od. So the Gemara says, who the Afsukua? So the Gemara says, yeah, but over there, the hefsek of the Chachamim was still on topic, right? Over there, Rabbi Yehuda was saying, Rabbi Eliezer was saying in Sukkah that you have to eat 14 meals in the Sukkah. The Chachamim say, no, you can eat however many meals you want. Then he says, and then he continues and he says, also, Rabbi Eliezer said, if you, if you messed up a meal, you can make it up, right? So, so, we see it was all on the same topic. So even though there was a hefsek, the hefsek was on topic and that's fine. You could still save an ode. Um, when it comes to Rabbi Yehuda with his um, Pase Beiros, so first he was talking about the maximum size of Pase Beiros. Then he was talking about Rosh Hashanah being Mevat of the Chatseros. They're both about Pase Beiros, but different aspects of Pase Beiros, different subjects with the hefsek of the Chachamim uh, in the middle. So therefore, we're not going to save an ode. However, in our case of Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava, there's no hefsek at all. And it's two chumras, one after the other, so we save it od. Okay, it's interesting to me that the chacham, that, right, that the Gemara is getting so caught up on how come we save it od. You know, when can we say the word ve'od, when can we not say the word ve'od, but okay, very good. Chaver, let's go weiter. Rabbi Akiva Omer, afilu einba echad mikol elu metaltalim besocha. So says Rabbi Akiva, in the context of a karpaf, that even if you don't have anything in the karpaf, it's pashit, an area that is 70 and two-thirds amis by 70 and two-thirds amis or less, and it's pushed empty. You don't have anything darting. Nonetheless, you can carry in there as long as it is a besa asaim or less. Of course, a besa asaim being 70 and two-thirds amis by 70 and two-thirds amis. Now, the Gemara asks at the very, very top of Chavkimom Bez, Rabbi Akiva Anu Tanakama, we keep saying the same thing as the Tanakama. No. Tanakama was not in our Mishnah. The Tanakama was in the first mission of the Perik. By Pasi Beiros. Rabbi Yudas says that it has a maximum of two base saw. And, uh, the Chacham responds to him. What do they say? They say, Amru lo, they said to Rabbi Yehuda, lo Amru base saasaim el gino le karpath. That base saasaim is only by a gina, by a garden or a karpath, a non-residential space. So what do we see? So we see, that according to the Tanakama, as a non-residential space, you have a maximum of base assignment. And essentially, that's exactly what Rabbi Akiva is saying. Non-residential space, you have maximum of base assignment, and um, you don't need anything else, Darton. You don't need a ditch. You don't need a pit. You don't need a cave. You don't need a house. You don't need a hut. You don't need anything. You just need walls around it, and then you have up to base assignment. So what's the nafkamina between Rabbi Kiva and the Tanakama. So the Gemara answers, Yikibenayu, Dover Muat. What the nafkamina between them is this little bit. And what that means is, if you multiply 70 and two thirds by 70 and two thirds, apparently that is 4,994 Amis, which is different than a Beis Asayim, which is um, 5,000 square Amos. So, according to Rabbi Akiva, it says, look, it has to be 70 and two thirds by 70 and two thirds, i.e., maximum of 4,994 square amas, 
Whereas the Chachamim, the Tanakama, is talking about Beis Sa'asayim, which is a Beis Sa'a is, is 2,500 square Amis, Beis Sa'asayim is 5,000 square Amis, the Nafkamina being those six square Amis um, in the middle. Uh, right, that kind of falls through the cracks. Okay. The Tanya, as we learned in a Bryce Rebuta Omer, it says Rebuta, Dover Mu'at Yesh al Shivim Ama Vishirayim, that there is a small amount um, that is. Uh, difference between 70 and two-thirds Amis square and 5,000 square Amis. But the Chachamim weren't really too makbid on those six square Amis. And rather, what is the Shi'ur that you're allowed by a Karpaf? Two Sa'a, 5,000 square Amos, like the Chatzar of the Mishkan. That the Chatzar of the Mishkan, the, at least the first half of the Chatzar of the Mishkan was 50, um, was, um, well, no, really the entire Chatzar of the Mishkan was, um, 100 Amos long by 50, uh, Amos wide. Now 100 times 50 is 5,000. So it was a total of 5,000 square Amos. And then the, the, um, Gemara asks, Mina Hane Mile. Now, how do we know this? How do we know where in, where do we have a precedent from the Torah that a karpaf should be um, has a maximum size of base asayim of five thousand square amos, like the square amos of the chatzer of the mishkan, which was one hundred by fifty. So now, of course, a karpaf is a din midr abanan, but we're asking where we have an asmachta for this halacha. And Amr of Yudah says of Yudah to Amr Kra that the Pasuk says that the Torah says that the length of the Chatzar of the Mishkan was 100 Amos and its width was 50 by 50. And the question is, what is the Torah teaching us? Because we already know from other Pesukim that the length of the Chatzar was 100 and its width was 50. So what is this Pesuk teaching us? And what's this 50 by 50 thing about? Right, it says the length was 100, the width was 50 by 50. What does that mean? So the Gemara is making a drasha. And the drasha is to say that it's teaching us about the maximum size of a Karpaf, which is, Amr Torah, the Torah said, Tochamishim v'sabev chamishim. Take the, right, so if you basically take the chatzer, which is 100 length by 50 width, and cut it into two squares of 50 by 50, and then you take, let's say, the second square, the further one back, right, and you use that to expand the size of the first square, i.e. the first 50 by 50 almost area of the Mishkan, and what you want to do is you want to expand that symmetrically so that you can use up all the space from the second square to expand the first square so that it has double the area of, right, so you can expand the first square so that, it, so that you double its area, i.e. its area was initially 50 by 50, which is 2,500. You want to expand the square symmetrically so that its area is 5,000. So um, that is how you would uh, get your, so basically take the second square of 50 by 50 and then use its area to expand the first square so that it's double its um, space, its area, um, and you will find that you will have a chatzar that's essentially 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds or 5,000 square amos. Great. So that is where we see in the Torah that um, a karpaf should be 
uh, basically 72 thirds or seven by 72 thirds, which is essentially um, 5,000 square amos. Um, the nafkamina, of course, being between Rabbi Kiv and the Chacham, we pass into the Chacham that you have until 5,000 square amos. Fine. Um, great. Right, so Orach HaChatzar Me'ah Be'ama V'Rochav Chamishim B'Chamishim Amr Torah, the Torah says Tol Chamishim, so take Kilu the 50 by 50 of the second half of the Chatzar V'Sabev Chamishim and use it to kind of expand the initial 50 by 50 area so that its area is double. Pashtid the Krab Maiksiv. Now, what's the Pshat in the puzzle talking about? Because obviously it's not talking about Karpafs, because Karpafs is a Dindarabon. How do you explain this puzzle based on its Pshat in relation to the Chatzar of the Mishkan? So, Marbai says, Abai, Hamid Mishkan, Asfas, Chamishim, Kidei, Shei, Chamishim, Amal, Fanov, Ve'esrim, Amal, Choruach, Veruach. So, it says, Abai, yeah, what the Pshat in the puzzle is, what does it mean, Chamishim, Bachamishim? It means that you can view the Chatzar of the Mishkan as if it's two areas of 50 Amos each, right? Because it's 100. Amos long by 50 Amos wide. So you can kind of divide that into two and you have two squares of 50 by 50. And it's saying take the, the Mishkan, the Mishkan was 30 Amos long by 10 Amos wide. Take that and put it at the very beginning of the second half of the Chatzar. So you have basically the first half of the Chatzar, which is more or less open and it's 50 by 50. Then in the second half of the Chatzar, that is where your Mishkan is going to be. And it has a width of 10 Amis, and then you have 20 Amis on either side, since there's a total width of 50 for the courtyard, and, you know, 20 Amis behind it, whatever. That is your Chatzar of the Mishkan. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Imhaisa Orka Chuleis. Now, Rabbi Eliezer had said in the Mishnah that if its length was any longer than its width, well then, Shvach um this uh, Karpaf, you won't be able to carry in there. But one second, we have a bride that says Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Imaisa Orka Yaser al Pishnayim Birochba Afilu Ama Achas Ein Metatlan Besocha. One second, we have a bride that says that Rabbi Eliezer isn't saying that um, it has to be exactly square, and if it's any larger than exactly square, if it's any larger, you know, if let's say the length is even one Ama longer than the width, it's going to be a problem. But one second, we have a bride which says what? Right? Meaning, Rabbi Ezra is saying that actually the length is supposed to be twice the width. And if it's any law, lo- if it's any larger than twice the width, then it's a problem. Not that it needs to be square, and if it's any larger than a square, because if any of the, of the sides is longer than the other, then it's a problem. No. It often needs to be, have a length that is twice the width. But if that, if that dimension become, if that ratio becomes any larger than that, that's when it becomes a problem. So do, is it that it requires a square or is it that it requires a rectangle? What is it? So, Amr Abbevai Barabaye ki t'nanami masnisin yasr al-pishnayim b'roch batnan. So Abbevai Barabaye says, okay, so Rabbi Eliezer, in our Mishnah, when he's talking about if there's that extra ama, it becomes a problem. It means in its length more so than its width. Meaning, even in our Mishnah, what Rabbi Eliezer is saying is that if its length is larger than its width, even by one ama, it becomes a problem. Fine. But if that's the case, then that's Rabbi Yossi. That's exactly what Rabbi Yossi said. Rabbi Yossi says that, that the length of the Karpaf can even be twice its width. The Nafkamina is this square that we just spoke about a minute ago, right? That we have this Asmachta from the Mishkan, that you take the square and you expand it symmetrically until it, you double its area. So according to Rabbi Yossi, that's really the way things should be done. 
i.e. the Karpov should be a square, 70 and two-thirds Amma by 70 and two-thirds Amma. That's the ideal way. He says in the Mishnah that even, however, if the length was twice the width, Seder, it's fine as well. But according to Biosi, really it should be a square. According to Biliezer, however, really it should be a rectangle like the Mishkan. After all, the Mishkan was 100 Amos long by 50 Amos wide. That is really the ideal according to Rabbi Eliezer. So the Nafkin between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yossi is, you know, it, ideally, should a Karpov be a square or should it be a rectangle? Rabbi Yossi says square. Rabbi Eliezer says rectangle. Fine. Rabbi Yossi, Omer Chulei, says Rabbi Yossi, Itmar, who stated, Omer Rabbi Yosef, Omer Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Shmuel, Halacha Rabbi Yossi, that the Halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, that really the Karpov should be square as opposed to Rabbi Eliezer who says it should be rectangular. Okay? Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Halacha Kirby Akiva. Whereas Rabbi Bevai says the name of Rabbi Yehuda, says the name of Shmuel, that Halacha is like Rabbi Akiva, that a Karpov doesn't need any, you know, furnishings, doesn't need pits, ditches, anything like that. Houses. Even if it's empty, you can carry in there. Mitavayu Lekula, and both Rabbevai's uh, statement as well as Rav Yosef's statement are Likula. Utsrichan, we need both of them, the Ashmin and Allah If we only would have heard that the Allah is like Rav Yosi, that the Karpav should be square, Hava Amina Adika Shomera Ovezdira. I might think, sure, it might, sure, okay, so the Karpav needs to be square, but maybe I'll think that I also need to put like a guard's hut in there or a house. Kamash Milan, Allah Akiva. Therefore, we're also saying that Allah Akiva that you don't need to put anything in there. And if we would say just that Allah Akiva, that you don't need anything in the Karpaf, I might think, okay, fine, you don't need anything there, but it still needs to be square. Kamash Milan, Allah Therefore, we say Allah that even if it was longer than it was wide, um, it would be acceptable. Okay, Chavir, now we get into this um, new kind of thing about where some guy had this karpath that was larger than a base sasayim and it was for living in it and therefore there was no problems. But then he made problems by planting seeds in there. So that's what we're going to talk about. I, it was a little bit hard to learn and to conceptualize, but I think once I conceptualized it, it wasn't hard anymore. So hopefully it won't be hard. But don't don't get nervous. It's, we don't have that much left, and I don't think it'll be so hard. So karpav shu yoser mi So if you have a karpav that is larger than a beisa asaim, okay. So because it's larger than a beisa asaim, um, so if it was just a karpav like a non-residential space, then that would be a problem. You can't carry in there. However, shehukaf ladira, but it was created for for living in. So it's not really a karpav. It's really more of a chotzer. Basically, you have a space that was made for a living, larger than a base asaim. There's no problem with that. Now, nizra rubo areu kigina v'aser. However, if you then start planting like seeds in there, planting um, like vegetables and stuff in there, well, then you're messing with its status. And if the majority of this area now is filled with seeds that have been planted, well, it's no longer a residential area. It's a planting area. So it's a gina, which is essentially the same thing as a karpaf. And since the majority of this space is now for planting, so it's basically a karpaf. 
and it's larger than a base sa'asayim, and what happens is, even the area that is not yet planted is batel to the area that is planted because it's a majority of this planted space. And essentially what you have is an area that is larger than a base sa'asayim and is a karpaf. So you can't carry in there anymore. Okay, fine. Not a umater. But if you planted trees in a majority of the area, well, that's completely fine. I mean, trees are great. You have a residential space, larger than a base sa'asayim. You have uh, trees over there for shade. I mean, that sounds like a really nice space to live, right? Nice big plot of land. It's, um, you know, 70 and two-thirds almost by 70 and two-thirds almost. Is that a lot or a little? What's that? That's like 100 and like 20 feet? By 120 feet, maybe it's not that much. Yeah, maybe it's not that much. Oh no, it's pretty small, right? Alright, what can I tell you? So he's got a small little area that's got like trees. Whatever, it still sounds nice. Great. So if the majority is trees, then that's no problem because that's for, you know, that, that, it, it's totally a residential space that you planted trees. Okay, fine. And now, we had said nizarubo, right? So if you had planted seeds, like, like, like vegetable kind of seed things in the majority of it, so then it, it's a problem because the majority is now essentially a karpaf use, which makes the minority bottle to it. Now you just have a space larger than a base asayim. That's a karpaf and you can't carry in there. Now, Amr of Hunabred of Yoshua. And I think that the key to understanding Rav Hunabred of Yoshua is to say that he's conceptualizing differently. He's conceptualizing this case differently. He's not viewing this as a case of rove and mute. He's not viewing this as like there's a majority and a minority and therefore the minority is bottled to the majority. He is not viewing it that way. He's viewing these as two separate areas. You have this enclosed space. Part of it is planted for these vegetable seeds. Part of it is still for residential use. And we don't say, well, what's the majority? What's the minority? We don't. We say, look, we have these two separate spaces. One of them is for planting. One of them is treated as a karpaf and as the alachis of a karpaf. The other is a chatzar and as the alachis of a chatzar. Okay? Now, Okay? When we say that there is a problem if the majority of this space is planted with seeds, well, that's really only if this space is larger than a base sa'asayim. Because if you have in this enclosed area, an area that is planted with seeds, and it is large, and the seeded area is larger than a base sa'asayim, well, that's a problem. Because you essentially have a gina or a karpaf, which is non-residential, now you're up to a, you're allowed up to a maximum of base sign, but you exceeded that maximum. It's larger than a base sign. So that area you would not be allowed to carry in. And now you have this other part of the chatzer, which is you haven't yet planted in. So it's just a regular chatzer, which theoretically on its own would be acceptable. But because there's no, right? Remember that awesome sugya of nifrit sabim lo, Don't get too worried about it, but re- just remember that if you have an, a space where you're allowed to carry, and a space that you're not allowed to carry and they're completely open one to the other, 
you can't carry in either one of them. And therefore, says of Yeshua, look, we're just going to look at each of these areas separately. We're going to look at the Gina, we're going to look at the planted area and say, look, if this planted area is larger than a base Sa'asayim, well, you can't carry in there, it's too big. And because it's completely open to this other part of this enclosed area, which is not planted at all, it's more of a chatzer, so in that area would be fine, but because it's completely open to this seated area, you can't carry in the open area either. Okay? However, if the seated area is a um, base sa'asayim or less, well then, there's no problem. Mutter. You can carry between them. Because what's the problem? You have the seated area. The seated area is a base sa'asayim or less. And therefore, it's essentially a karpaf. As long as it's a base sa'asayim or less, you can carry in the karpaf. Then you have the other area, which there's nothing planted there. That's a chatzar. You can carry in the chatzar. The only question is, can you carry from a karpaf to a chatzar? And if Unabed of Yeshua is assuming, yes, you can. And says the Gemara, it's like Rib Shimon's opinion, as we learned in Gemara Shabbos and Afkuf Lamed. Ditnan Rib Shimon, Omer says Rib Shimon, Echad Gagos, Vechad Chatseris, Vechad Karpefes. If you have a roof, if you have a chatzer, if you have a karpaf, Rishus Achas Hein Lekelem Sheshab Subisochim, Lo Lekelem Sheshab Subisochabais. As long as we're talking about things that when Shabbos started they were in these areas and not inside, so if you have something that when Shabbos started was in a chatzer, so then you can carry from a chatzar to a karpaf. No problem. So therefore, Rufunabed of Yeshua is saying the same thing over here. That you have this enclosed area. Part of it was seated. Part of it was not. As long as the seated area is a base asayim or less, well then it's just a karpaf that is within its limits and it is allowed. You can carry there. You can also carry in the open area because that's just a chatzar. And if we assume that it's like Reb Shimon that you can carry from a chatzar to, to a karpaf and vice versa. What's the big deal? You can carry in this area. So we're going to stop here. There are going to be cautious on Rufuna Bede of Yeshua, like the fact that, well, but isn't the majority the seated area and then shouldn't the other part be butta? We're going to get there. But for now, um, I think that that's all we need to know for this Machlokas. Shtickle cliffhanger. Sorry to leave you in there, but in order to finish this properly, we'd have to go weiter for a little bit. And um, as a evil dictator, I um, decreed that we're going to stop here. Chavre, let us um, ha- go over what we learned today. So we started off with the machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yudah ben Bava regarding the context for a pase beiros. Where can you create one? Where can you not? So Rabbi Akiva says, when it comes to wells, well, it could be public or private. No problem. You can make a um, pase beiros. If it comes to a watering hole, a bore, well then only if it's public can you make pase beiros. Essentially, according to Bikiv, the only place where you cannot make pase beiros is by a private bore. Rabbi Yudu ben Bava says actually the only place where you can make pase beiros is by a public well. Okay, fine. Now, in terms of requirements for a karpaf, can it be empty? Do you need things in there? So Rabbi Yudu ben Bava has the most stringent stringent opinion, which is that it must be a residential space with a maximum of 70 and two-thirds Amis by 70 and two-thirds Amis um, in order to be able to carry in this space. Rabbi Yehuda says it has to, it doesn't necessarily have to have a house, it doesn't have to be residential, but there has to be epis dart and there has to be a pit, a ditch, a cave, epis. Rabbi Akiva says there's no requirements at all other than the fact 
that it can have a maximum of 70 and two-thirds Amis by 70 and two-thirds Amis. The Gemara said, what, you know, ask, what makes him different than the Tanakama? So the Tanakama says that, it, that you have a maximum of uh, 5,000 square Amis, whereas technically, according to Rabbi Akiva, you have a maximum of 4,994 square Amis. Fine. And then in terms of, does it have to be square or not? Rabbi Eliezer says, actually, ideally, it should be rectangular, like the Chatzar of the Mishkan was rectangular, 100 Amis by 50 Amis. Whereas Rabbi Yossi says, actually, ideally, it should be square, like we learned out from that uh, asmachta from the Pasuk of taking the second half of the Chatzar and using its area to expand the area of the first half to make it uh, essentially 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds. At the end, then, we got into a Chatzar that is larger than two base Sa'a that you then went and planted seeds in it in order to make a headache. So then we said, so the first way to understand it is that, look, it's based on rov and mute. If the majority of the space is seated, well then the minority of it becomes bottled to the majority and you have a seated space um, that is larger than a base asayim you can't carry it anywhere. Whereas Rav Hunabredo of Yeshua says, look, we can actually view them as two separate parts of this chatzer. You have the seated part and you have the um, open part. We say as long as the seated part um, is within two base asayim or less, well you can carry in there as a karpaf and you can also carry in the chatzer um, as just a, a residential space, and you can carry between them as well, so you can really carry in the entire area. We're going to get to some questions on that tomorrow. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome day or night or whatever. Peace.